Welcome to the Light the Sky podcast, where we take you on a track-by-track, album-by-album exploration of some of the greatest discographies that have ever come across that uh, that have really spanned generations. And we're taking a little exception to that uh, with this coming discography. We've covered Van Halen, we've covered Metallica, we've covered Pink Floyd, and we just finished Queen with a couple of exciting bonus episodes in between. But uh, we usually do 10 albums or more. Uh, to qualify for these discographies, but we're taking a little break, and obviously, as you know from the song or from the episode title, we're covering the police, and they only have five albums, and we thought we would make it a little easier on you and us uh, to only have to handle a few more uh, records uh, rather than have to go through t- uh, fifteen with Pink Floyd or fifteen with Metallica or whatever. We're only going to go through five with the Police, and a really interesting discography from where they started to where they finished, and arguably at their commercial peak to uh, let off the gas and explore solo careers. So we're not going to cover the solo careers. We're just going to go track by track, album by album uh, for The Police. We are making a movie on each album. And if you aren't familiar with the show, if this is your first time listening, we're four guys who uh, uh, didn't grow up with this type of music but really all got into it one way or another. And uh, we're really just uh, giving you our opinions on listening to this. Um, you know, we haven't really, and I can't speak for all of us, but I haven't listened to a ton of The Police in my life. And so a lot of this is going to be new to me and you're going to kind of hear this reaction in real time. We debate track by track, and then uh, we will go to a special section where Chris gives us a little trivia, a little game there to qualify us for the love it or flush it round, where we will go track by track again. And based on the debate, will we love, will we flush, will we terminate, or will we buy each of these tracks, each of these 10 tracks on 1980, no, sorry, 1978's Outlandis Duramor. Um, I'm not going to repeat that anymore. I'm already tired of saying it. Uh, I wish they would just get to Ghost in the Machine already so we could come up with an easy-to-say album title. But you know what? Chris said, that's Sting for you. So uh, to start, uh, not going well. But the album, uh, well, well, let's get to our opening thoughts on this one. Um, Kevin, you are leading off today with your rating and opening statement. Yeah, I'm going to... Start by giving this a 7 out of 10, and I'm going to have a real brief opening statement, but it's a breath of fresh air. I might have said that uh, during Queen 1 as well, uh, following our <laughs> Pink Floyd discography, but, uh, you know, this is this is definitely, you know, some new ground, I feel, that we are covering on this podcast, and it, it was welcome, so I'll just leave it at that, and we'll go from there. Okay, uh, I believe you are next. No, I'm next. Uh, so me, uh, I am also going to be around that range. Um, it, this in listening to this album, it makes me wonder whether or not they intended to create this album, or it's just a better album because of the sound that followed. So that's kind of the question, and really, it's going to set the theme, I guess, for the first three records for me. Um, is this really, you know, what they set out to do, or did they just happen to follow upon a sound uh, that everybody kind of, it kind of became the the, uh, the 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 sound of the early '80s, and that's really what they were able to capitalize on, and you know, or how much did they influence it in creating that? So that's the question I'm going to be grappling with, and it's set uh, stone in this album for sure. And I will have to say that this is uh, let's let's go with a, a seven point five. I think that there's definitely stronger uh, material here than there is weaker material. Alex, your thoughts? 
Yeah, that's an interesting point that you mentioned that because like you said, uh, we're millennials. I was born in 93, so I came much later after this album was released. So I had the pleasure of having the internet to figure out what albums came out before and after this. If I were to have heard this for the very first time in 1978, uh, especially if you think about you know, Van Halen's first record also coming out in 1978 and that being one of my favorite bands of all time, would I have liked this at that time? What direction would I have gone? Um, but as you guys know, I'm a big punk fan. It's my favorite genre of music. Um, so I'm going to go very high with this record. I'm going to give it a nine out of wow. 10. This is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, there's really not much that I would get rid of on this record, uh, maybe a track or two solely because that's kind of what we do on this show. We do have to play devil's advocate and get rid of one and flush one. So uh, yeah, uh, absolutely incredible record. An album that uh, for my band, I wanted to use sort of as a template because we are sort of, well, we're a punk band, but we also try to throw some kind of reggae and classic new wave in here. So this really checks all the boxes for me. The time um, you to know, throw some people under the bus here. Huh? Publicly in front of a mic. I wanted. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think, I mean, you know, our album's not out yet, and you can listen to that and see and see for yourself if we did that. But The band uh, is I called mean, Lurk, by the way. Yeah, right. And just, you know, Stuart Copeland, one of the best drummers, and so many of my favorite drummers now have... Uh, you know, tapped him as an influence, and, and I think it's easy to see why, uh, you know, Sting, a great vocalist and a solid bass player, you know, he's not a Getty Lee or a Billy Sheehan, but I think he's great in what he does, and Andy Summers, I mean, I play a Telecaster, a uh, big reason because of him, and, you know, I've always loved his chorus effect and his reggae, and especially sort of his jazz influence that he eventually developed over the years, so just such such a cool band, their vibe, their look, uh, uh, you know, I, I actually love the album cover, the album title, especially the cover. I think it's so cool. So, yeah, it checks all the boxes for me. Uh, nine out of ten for this one. Cool. And with the punk uh, side of things, it's interesting because that really was where they were criticized for not really putting out an album that uh, you know would be considered punk, but yet they had all of these other. I saw it as like punks who could play their instruments, and it just didn't compute for that right. time. So it, it, it is like, do you like this because they just had the punk roots? Because there isn't a whole lot of punk. No, I agree. I agree with that. And I'm a big fan of old British punk. So like the clash and the jam. So this is not as aggro. And not that I would even say the sex pistols were aggro, but it's definitely not like kind of dirty, you know, earrings and spiky hair and and fast punk it's a little bit more i think intelligent where it has a little bit more reggae like the clash influence than it does sort of like the damned the sort of the grimier stuff and even the ramones were more you know it was faster and you know it kind of bred the ground for the descendants and more of that pop punk kind of thing that came later but i mm -hmm. like what they did with this because they they really you know touched on that reggae kind of jam and the clash vibes 
uh, with this. So I mm-hmm. think it's cool. And then especially with Stuart Copeland's drumming, it just made it so unique for that time. So, And that's yeah. what kind of makes me, uh, back to my, my, my set in stone statement for where this is developing that, uh, you know, how much of that was just because it was 1980 or 1978 in the UK. And that's just what you had to do to get noticed kind of, was it just, mm-hmm. you had to, if you wanted young people to listen to your music, you kind of had to look like that and kind of bring that to your sound. But uh, that's one thing we'll be considering uh, on my end. So Chris, close it out. What are your, your thoughts and rating for this one? You know, it's yeah, it's funny. Uh, this was an album that challenged my uh, uh, my stance on uh, on just kind of more pop punk and post punk influences. Because I mean, as you guys know, that was never uh, probably my least favorite genre. But it's kind of funny here, which is pretty much the beginning of that uh, kind of post punk, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, style of music that. Yeah, here, like, I, it's funny, I, I, I found myself sitting and just like, you know, typically I would hate this, but I can't get these hooks out of my head. Yeah, and I'll mm-hmm. get into that when we get into the track by track, but I, I was kind of surprised how, uh, uh, yeah, just, you're, you're, this is very much kind of the, in the vein of, like, the Talking Heads and the B-52s, this is mm-hmm. kind of, like, on the coattails of the punk scene, but they weren't necessarily punk, they were, uh, yeah, they were kind of middle finger in the air, but they did it in a much more intellectual, much more. I mean, these were much more gifted. This wasn't like kind of spitting on the audience or dirty kind of. Uh, yeah, this punk, yeah this yeah. was this this was thinking man's uh, kind of yeah, kind of late seventies, and that's what it, that's what post punk is. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's taking the uh, kind of the do it yourself attitude, but being much more kind of yeah, much more innovative, I guess, for the lack of a better term. Yeah, much more to be willing, willing to take chances. And yeah, the, the police. I mean, they were really at the forefront of that. Uh, and it's funny, yeah, because again, I I almost look at this again as yeah, the first post-punk record. This is the album that I, I can't, I, mean, I couldn't imagine ba- uh, like the ska movement or the bands like Foo Fighters or whatever didn't take influence from this record because I could hear it all over this. There were like some songs where I'm like, sure. God, this sounds right. Yeah, it sounds like out of the '90s. Actually, there were a few moments on here. I'm like, wow, what a you know, what a innovative and what kind of ahead of their time were they. Uh, and again, with such simple, because again, you listen to I me, mean, the melodies aren't very, and it's not very sophisticated, but they just, I don't know, just the way that it was presented was very, yeah, very uniquely melodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and even with the simplistic lyrics, it's still, that didn't bother me as much. Yeah, because again, it's got that kind of, uh, I guess if there was one thing that was really punk, it was the simplicity and what they were writing about, because it's not, with the exception of maybe Roxanne, which we'll get into later, but uh, yeah, it's hard to explain, like I said, uh, I guess I'll go back to what Kevin said, it's a breath of fresh air, it's I, could, I can't really compare it to anything else uh, that we've talked about uh, on, on such a street level, too, because again, it's street, but it's not necessarily street. Uh, I, mm-hmm. yeah. one, one, one thing I, I wanted to mention, now that you, you brought that up, um, yes, the songs, and, and I am a fan of just kind of simple, catchy earworm songs, but of course, you know, some of the stuff we've covered, and as you guys know, I love the most kind of proggiest, right. time signature <laughs> stuff too. But for this, I, I know I mentioned that it it has this kind of sophisticated, and, and, and I think that's more just kind of how Sting is. He's a very suave, sophisticated right. guy, so it's it's hard to separate kind of his aura from the band, especially well, yeah, he, like when he gets yeah. into his solo stuff where it gets really like world music and highbrow and Correct, you know, right. red, red wine vineyard kind of stuff. You know, I, that, that's just the kind of <laughs> what Jeff I Tate get. Wants to be. Yeah, like that, what I get from it. But you listen to this record and it's, 
I think there's so much diversity on it. Like you get something like Be My Girl and Born in the 50s where it sounds like doo-wop or like Beach yeah. Boys. And it has for a 78 British kind of post-punk ska reggae record, I get big California vibes from this album as well, which I think is kind of interesting. So yeah. I'd be interested to know like more and what their influence was. But I, I hear some and maybe that's kind of where that Ramones, you know, because the Ramones would cover right. the Beach Boys on some yeah. of their early stuff. But I feel like they took some of that influence and and yeah, like you mentioned, you know, some of those '90s ska bands like No Doubt and Sublime and the Boss Tones and stuff like that. They took a lot from this, and sure. I think if anything, it kind of predated, like you mentioned, you know, B52s and um, I, w- I was Talking ju- Heads and stuff right. like that. It, was- it's like it's a little like. It kind of spearheaded that like early '80s, like almost like signals. Like you can hear where Rush went with signals and stuff like that. They took from this, right? You know? Yeah, I was just surprised how because I mean I listened to I mean as far as the hits from the Police, but I didn't realize until listening to this record top to bottom how much of an influence it must have. Because I'm like you can hear all of those, mm-hmm. and this was years before that even was a a thing. And it's still for whatever reason the Police found an audience though. But it wasn't until like probably over a decade later where that sound really right. as far as across the board as far as multiple bands actually being able to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, uh, but it's funny. One more thing before we move on. Yeah. As far as, uh, with the, um, with the punk thing, I think I remember sting saying something to the effect that, uh, that they weren't never technically punks, but they just kind of ran, uh, uh, on the coattails of that just to get gigs. I That's think that was, was kind thinking. of the stint. Yeah. I believe or, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, they had like, yeah, they had their influences. Not that they weren't, I mean, cause I mean, it was even, you, you would expect that those influences would make their way in, in some form, but as far as where they wanted to go, I mean, he pretty much said that was just kind of like, okay, we're kind of in the door now. We're going to start to do yeah, what we want to do. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. there, but it's, yeah, that's more just kind of, uh, yeah, just to kind of, yeah, just to, again, just to get through the door and then, yeah, move on to bigger sure, and better to things. get noticed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so what's your out of 10? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm probably around where you are, probably 7.5. Yeah. Okay. Strong debut. Uh, there is a track on here that I do think is sounds uh, right out of uh, David Lee Roth, Van Halen era. I'll bring that up when we get to it. And uh, I also wanted to kind of think about whether or not this, you know, I know they have their hits and Roxanne is obviously a big one. Uh, Message in a Bottle kind of being, I guess that would be uh, another uh, massive one. And really every breath you take being the crossover you know, hit. And if you took every breath you take out of their discography, if they didn't make that retroactively, are you looking back at this record and, you know, analyzing it the way you are? It's just kind of interesting for a band that ended the way they, they did to look at this record and uh, really say, like, should I, you know, is this, is this quality, should I be evaluating this from a UK punk, you know, lens or mm-hmm, should I be looking right. at this from a new wave perspective mm-hmm. or should I just be thinking about this in terms of the police and just enjoying the ride? So right. uh, that's what we'll figure out as we go track by track here. So Kevin, take it away. Give us the police. This is next to you.
So I know it's not, I don't know how I would say this. It's not like I haven't heard this kind of style before. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way, right? But this is where my opening statement comes on, is that when I, when I put this song on to start this entire discography and I get hit across the face with this, I was just so happy because it brings the energy, it brings mm-hmm. the attitude, and then it's, it's like, you know, Mark and Chris and Alex were talking about, you guys were all talking about during the opening, you know, statements is that you have like this punk influence, but you have more. They're not afraid to throw the vocal harmonies in there mm-hmm. at you and just those, those smart little ideas. And man, this, this one really grabbed me from the start and mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier with the way they opened this album up. Yeah, yeah, this is an iconic song. Um, very simple songwriting, honestly. But yes, you're absolutely right. It's just, it's almost like, I, it's weird that it is considered punk sometimes because it's not like the fastest thing in the world. And also, if you listen to the guitar tones, they're not super distorted. If anything, they're no. more clean, clean yeah. than anything with that chorus vibe to it, which is really cool. But yeah, I mean, those harmonies are uh, incredible. And just Stuart. I mean, God, you listen to that drum he and you can hear, song. he makes this song with his flams, his flams and a lot of the bell hits. And and honestly, one of my favorite versions of this song uh, will currently sting when he plays solo. He has a couple drummers that he plays with now. He's got Vinny Caliuta, which is, you know, one of the best drummers ever. And Josh Freese, who is, you might not know his name, but you've definitely heard him because he's one of the most popular session drummers ever. Like he's played on hundreds of records from Katy Perry to freaking um, who else? Offspring and just so many big rock albums that you hear he's on them. Um, and he's a huge Stuart Copeland fan. And so is like Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. And there's a version for if anybody wants to see some great drumming, uh, there's a version where I think they played on Letterman. And I can even put it in the chat if you guys want to watch it later. But Josh is just a, a monster playing this song. But yeah, just super catchy, super simple. Love the slide guitar during the breakdown that mm-hmm. Andy Summers does. And that's another that's, a cool solo. that's yeah, another influence that like that's one thing that I wanted to include on our record, which we didn't end up doing, but maybe maybe down the road we'll throw something <laughs> like that in there. But I just think that's so cool that they do that where he throws a little slide guitar in there and this is just one that's super fun to play and uh, yeah. If you can get into a live band setting, it's simple enough to play, but it's interesting. And if you can hit the harmonies, it's great. So hopefully we uh, we cover this one day. That's one of my uh, pitches to the band. Yeah. But yeah, yeah what a what yeah. a it, it's not too <laughs> fast where it, it'll like deter you, but it's like energetic right off the bat, and you just hear that drum intro, and it's like, all right, let's, let's get it right. going. You know, you know, it's yeah. funny. I had uh, for once it was nice to cover like just a normal meat and potatoes kind of pop rock song with a little over analysis. Yeah, where it's like, okay, it's like I know, it's like okay, I hear it. It gets my head bobbing. Like I can imagine being in a this would be a perfect club song where you're just kind of you got the, mm-hmm. the fifty people in there just kind of like yeah, like okay, just just vibing on it's it. It's a great uh, movie intro. It really is. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like I, I didn't think a... of that, but uh, yeah, again, it's simple and catchy. And yeah, like Alex said, yeah, that. I actually wrote in my notes here that straight clean Fender kind of tone just really, well, actually, really, re- yeah, really serves the song. Yeah, I, I, ju- I just t- really, uh, really love that. Is it I not think, a Fender? No, well, so he does. Well, I don't know he, why, but I said that clean day like that. Not yeah, again, we, we focus so much on like over distorted, kind of running everything through the yeah, the, right. the process. It's so actually just yeah. I'm pretty sure he, for the at least the early years, was a Telecaster through like okay. a J, JMP guy. Yeah. 
Okay, maybe oh. I should have just said a clean fender sign. But anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's yeah, getting yeah. Over t- overly technical here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Kevin, yeah, can you yeah. just dial up that uh, solo at one minute? One minute. So we can just yeah. uh, show off that, that, exactly that slide guitar. They're not much. Just the dynamics that they just bring it down. Beautiful. That turnaround drum in there. Kick drum starts picking up. Yep. I love this. The tom. It, it just, <laughs> this we just drum came sounds off a special so good. episode of songs to get the blood going. And, and this, like, I don't, it doesn't get the blood going in, in that way that those, some of the songs I picked were, but this is definitely like that opening credits, just like you're, yeah. you're going someplace in this film. Like, this is not just going to go in circles for you. This is just, yeah. a, it, it's going to bring it to you. And, and you think about our last episode where we had songs to get the blood going, and you know, I had that one Have Heart song in there. And then I know I didn't play it on the show, but Mark, you listen to that face to face track and how much faster mm-hmm. that stuff is. And this is. Nowhere near that fast. It, like it doesn't have that punk beat to it, but there's just there's something about it, it that gets th- it. Like it digs. Like there's something <laughs> kind of about it. Like this vintage like vibe to it, where it's mm-hmm. it's cool. It's like you can tell. Like this is kind of at the start of punk, and it's raw. Like I love how yeah. like unprocessed the drum sound is on it. It's great. Yeah, it, it's that guitar slide solo. It, that, there's something about the way he sustains that Summer sustains those notes that I don't have to hear it. I can just see the snarl on his face yep. through my <laughs> headphones as he plays that. Just kind of like that Billy Idol, like you know, upper lip in the air as he <laughs> digs into those. Like, I can sure. just see it through my my headphones. It's oh, cool. Yeah. Like whether he, you that, know, it, it's I like it a lot. It's interesting yeah. you mentioned Billy Idol. I wonder if those guys were. Uh, friends back then because you know billy idol coming yeah. up in the british punk scene as well around that time who knows if they sure. play together was generation x done by this time uh, that's a great question i don't know i gotta check yeah alex yeah. get on the horn that's something <laughs> that's that, that's something i should know i don't know what future to... guest steve stevens can let us know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i don't know if that was 79 yeah i think yeah. maybe 79 i think might have been the end of generation x i'm trying to because i know that was as far as a punk band that did not last long, I think that was, yeah, I know it was well, started even a year. Yeah, 76 yeah. to 81 oh, or wow. so. Okay. okay, that was Yeah, and then he I moved thought. right into this solo career. So. Yeah, but, anyway, moving <laughs> yeah. off the Billy Idol, let's get to our track number two, <laughs> So Lonely. give anything yet away but uh this might be a little this might be uh encroaching upon my list of 
uh, maybe not so quite perfect songs, but near perfect songs. Oh, sure. There's such there's such a great transition from just that opening reggae, just so laid back, and just the way the beat picks up into the chorus, the way things repeat. But I like it. It's almost got that yeah, yes, Starship Trooper, where it could just go on forever. Mm. Just keep another chorus going on. Just give me another bunch of so lonelies. It's so good, and That's just the comparison. the. the 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 riffing Metallica should take notes like how to repeat things forever but they're good <laughs> um like the 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 guitar fills in this this the way he just the every time throws in something different it's almost almost like Mark Knopfler level of guitar like it's almost Dire Straits sounding just that really clean just those guitar fills each you know turnaround of the of the verse uh, the lyrics I love the take a seat they're always free <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much it's just it's just kind of got that matter of factness that works so well and you know I was listening to this song I it, it's you know it's the end of summer here in Chicago so we got some of these great late summer days that you know the breeze in your hair type and I was listening to this and I had the top down and you know the sun setting early Early and you know like my wife's hair is blowing back in the sunset and it's just kind of like that that perfect setting yeah. for a song like this that just it's it's not i like that it's not fast you know the whole time that they start with that reggae bit and work into it that it, it's just it's just it's not punk to me at all it's it's mm-hmm. it's so unique that uh, i think that this is it's it's not quite a perfect song but it's it's near perfect for me yeah no i completely agree and it's one of those things where the tempo, yeah, it drops off after the first song. So if you were to hear this song for the or this album for the first time and you hear next to you and it's like, all right, there's there's some tempo here. And then it kind of dials back on track two, but it works. Like it never feels like it's like it teases you or anything like that. Like it flows really well. And this is just such a singles record to me. I mean, I know there is like technically only what, like a handful of singles, but just everything on here just sounds like it could be a single, maybe outside mm-hmm. of a track or two. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. The way it builds, I love how kind of simple stings, you know, bass playing is dun 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 dun. Right. It's just really simple. Mm-hmm. And then like you're right, like the harmonies kind of build up. I love the palm muting clean playing by uh, Andy in the background. But like you said, he'll kind of throw in like these little arpeggiated parts that kind of yep. over. He'll let off. He'll let off a little bit. And then, of course, I don't know if like bands were really playing to clicks back then, the metronomes, but there's just such a good like push in like tempo and heartbeat to this song where like Stuart can really kind of play back and just chill. And then it just ever so slightly kind of progresses into that chorus where he's doing those little fills and stuff. And then of course the, the, the key change towards the end of the song. Yeah, it's fantastic. And that's good. That's interesting that you mentioned that, um, that yes, Starship Trooper, cause you can kind of hear that in the harmonies, the way it's mixed. I, I couldn't mm. really think of like what I could compare it to, but yeah, it has that, Again, it's just it's got this California vibe from a British band. It, it's really cool. So maybe that's why I like it because it's kind of Americanized in a way. Well, on um, this track, we'll get to some Brit stuff later. Sure, sure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, but, great uh, song. It's it's funny. This is probably the uh, the most rocking. I mean, the reggae genre ever got, uh, especially with uh, Stewart's drums in the chorus. You know, where it just all of a sudden it comes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they got away. It's like they. It's like they were probably one of the few times where you've got where it's like. Uh, jack of all trades where it actually does work with like the th- three or four genres that they're doing uh, mm-hmm. and right off it, the bat too yeah which yeah right out right out of the out of the gates yeah just as a little kind of 
sophisticated little club band but uh yeah i was surprised because again you've got like the, the verses which are very much kind of like a uh again yeah you just think of jamaica like that kind of mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden it's like okay then turn up the fu- yeah turn it up to 10 and then all of a sudden you got Stuart comes <laughs> in with just crashing on the drums uh yeah sometimes yeah yeah it's i mean i love the drums on here but yeah sometimes it's like man i, I can imagine this irritated a lot of people who might not have been because uh, you see when people do things like this sometimes it alienates uh certain parts of the fan base and brings in new kind of weird uh uh uh, but yeah they did it so well i don't i don't know how yeah yeah the subtle things in his drumming that during that uh jamaican time whatever uh verse uh (laughs) and even though it's the song's going to speed up later like you see he still double times the hi-hat so you've got a pulse to it Mm -hmm. that he's not just going he's got a he's subdividing the hi-hat so that it doesn't feel so jarring it can transition very well uh right. between you know from that section to the more just out rocking you know it's funny I, I was kind of thinking uh because i know he was interviewed for the uh as far as after charlie watts died uh, i know he did one of the interviews on satellite radio but i kind of look at just after listening to this record at least at this point uh where he's almost like a more technical like charlie watts where his he plays faster but this his drumming really serves the songs, oh, yeah, they're very, they're, they're very lyrical. Uh, he knew uh, how to hold back. And, and, yeah, he did, yeah, and that's and, important, yeah. And, and I know, you know, Rush was putting out records before this even came out, and that's one thing with Neil is he writes parts, like iconic parts where you mm-hmm. go to a Rush concert and everybody's air drumming the signature drum fill. And I feel like... And he's mentioned, especially like early police was an influence on some of those like early to mid 80s rush stuff. But I think Stuart's another guy where there's just like signature drum parts, like everybody writes their signature part, but it all just kind of works. And he's so good at, yeah, he, he, you know, he definitely has that like Charlie Watts, like Ringo, where he plays simple enough to serve the song and not get in the way. But if he has that little moment. He'll explode and do a fill. Well, yeah. as as we close out uh, the discussion on this song here, as we know, uh, we are a show of opinions, and this song went downhill for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't Sorry, know. everybody. I'll tell oh, you why. It, okay. I was loving it until we got to the last minute or so. I'm like, man, they should have ended this a long I, I, time ago. I, I, I and I was like, this, I, yeah. there, there are two songs that bug me on this album where they just become jams at the end because I get bored. And it's not that the rest of the song was great. The rest of the song was fantastic. You know, I was loving it, digging the chorus, loving the change of, you know, the verse to the chorus. And then I was just like, all right, are they going to end this anytime soon? Because it's going to be five minutes and we're like, so lonely, so lonely, so lonely. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you need a convertible. And you need to listen to this. And it's, I'm serious. <laughs> like you need to like, it's like that. It is one of the longer to get the end to, to, of the drive. You know, like you're, I want this to keep going until I get home. It is almost five minutes. I, I, yeah. I do. I do see that. that. That's where I'm coming from is that I, it held my interest for about three and a half. Yeah, and then by the time we got to the end, I didn't hear any new ideas, so I was just about done. And a song should work whether you have a certain kind of car or not. No, but so. you've never listened to a, a song and just driven around the block again so you could listen to it again. Or like, I want to get home when the song ends. This song uh, I, buys I mean, you a little bit of time. <laughs> I mean, like I have, but I mean, uh, I don't know. When I was sitting on the train going to the city, I was like, all right, it's time for the next one about... <laughs> Yeah, I you know, not that. that not that it's a bad yeah. song, but it just like I'm not into jams. 
at the end of songs so much. Hey, I, yeah. Yeah. It's hey, a good Kevin, jam, though. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Kevin, one more thing, and then we'll move on. Um, yeah. At 2.33, uh, Andy's weird guitar solo, I, I was kind of surprised by it, because I typically don't like it when bands do this, but I don't know why. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the harmonica too. It just it just throws everything in here. But uh, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. Typically, but yeah, I don't know the dirtiness and the weird kind of artsy approach to it. I just thought was kind of you really fit in the song. Yeah, where I mm -hmm. no, normally wouldn't like it anywhere else. But there, it just kind of I don't know. They added to the the character. Call it the police sure. pass. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right, let's yeah, get to can, uh, yeah. what I think we can probably call the hit from this album, unless I'm mistaken. By far the most Spotify listened to song. Right. So that is Roxanne. just a point that I wanted to throw in there that I heard that this song was originally conceived as a bossa nova. So uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with bossa nova, really the, 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 the base of it is just a beat. I mean, it's just that very Latin uh, influence. And it said they took this direction with it. And I just have to wonder, uh, I kind of want to hear this song as a bossa nova. I want to see how it would have worked. Um, I don't know if I really buy this as a big hit as well. So I think you guys have to sell me on this one. It's okay. I get it. Um, I just take so lonely every time over this one. Sure. Yeah. And it definitely is so overplayed i mean like this is kind of what you hear this and every breath you take are like the tracks and maybe message in a bottle as well when you're going on classic rock radio um i think what probably kind of uh makes it more universal is that chorus the way it speeds up and you got those harmonies going there like i i get it and i, and I feel like sting you know if he's ever played this song solo later on in life he's probably done different versions of it and you know, did it bossa nova style and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, this is this song probably like most people has got to be like an introduction to the band. I mean, I remember hearing this really, you know, at an early age and not knowing what the song was about as a as a young lad, and then finding out later on what the Red Light District actually was. 
But yeah, I, I love this song. I love, actually, it's a kind of a cool thing. I don't know if it's on all versions of the record. I'd have to listen to it again. But if you ever listen to the very opening seconds of the song, something about the way it was recorded or mixed or whatever, like it, if you notice the tape kind of uh, ramps warbles. up in pitch, it warbles yeah. a little bit. I've always thought that's kind of a cool thing. But yeah, I mean, this is... This is great. This is one of those ones where, like, I would totally get it if you never need to hear this song again. Um, and yes, it is. I think what the first single from the album, um, from the debut album, but uh, not the first single the band has ever put out. And I mentioned this, you know, before off air. Um, but you know, for maybe new up and coming police fans, uh, the first song they ever put out was called Fallout, um, and that is one of my favorite. Queen, uh, Queen, Jesus, police songs, <laughs> police songs. So if you ever get a chance, go listen to to Fallout by uh, the Police. I've always loved that song. But yeah, this this one's great. I mean, kind of iconic yeah. and great vocal yeah. parts. So yeah, it's what I I love in the uh, in the chorus, and I never really paid attention to it before. But the um, the harmonies almost have like a weird horn section kind of quality to them. Like it yeah, kinda, yeah, where it kind of lifts. Where like when you blow, yeah, like when you hear like a trumpet or a. Sure. Uh, and I, I don't know why uh, that just really kind of, I'm like, yeah, that's really, I'm not even sure if they noticed that, but I, I, I kind of came up with it. Kind of yeah. earth, wind, and fire sounding. Right. Um, which is up the air. And smooth, this is probably yeah. as far as a song that everybody knows. I can't think of a song with a more simple, like, repeated lyrics than it is here. If you look at it, I mean, it's like, yeah. <laughs> there's the, I'll be honest. A, this one, yeah, uh, yeah. in terms of, you know, let's say there are three mega hits. There are three majors, as you might call a Chinese yeah. city. Um, that you would have the uh, Every Breath You Take, Message in a Bottle, and Roxanne kind of being those three. I have heard Every Breath You Take and Message in a Bottle probably a thousand times more than this song. Really? Yeah. May have just been, that might just be my experience, but this song, like, I'm not tired of this song. It's not a song I've heard 10 million times. Yeah. To be honest, it's kind of the one, maybe it just flew over my radar all the time. You know, it just yeah. flew over my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's hard. I mean, the other two were such, well, that was when they were, huge i mean that's when they reached the uh, the top of the mountain but uh uh but yeah i think this one maybe gets a little bit kind of forgotten yeah and this is a fun one if you're for any guitar players out there to learn um there's actually a cool video online you'd have to dig for it but i think it was maybe in the early 2000s where andy summers is like it, i think it's just called andy summers guitar lesson uh, so you wouldn't know, you wouldn't be able to find it if you weren't really looking for it, but he actually shows how to play the song and just sort of the weird kind of way he fingers the chords and things like that is really kind of cool, especially with that chorus effect to it. It's a really fun one to play. So especially for myself coming from more of like a classic kind of Van Halen, ACDC rush guy, it's fun to like kind of go in a different route in your guitar playing and learn different ways of playing stuff, especially like with reggae chords and stuff. So it's, it's fun. It's a nice breath of fresh air sure and it's like what i say with um you know learning some mark knopfler uh, in dire sure. straits just yeah. as a, a breath of fresh air when you're tired of learning just you know van halen and you know jigsaw riffing power chords uh, and the, the simple a g c d yep. chords yeah in, in like figure weird. out just the more subtle uh, dynamics of their playing you know i think those two guitarists are really fun to dig into all right let's move on to hole in my life
what's funny, I remember, uh, I think it was on YouTube, an interview that I saw with Sting talking about the, uh, the art of songwriting, uh, uh, as far as, uh, where sometimes you want to be, you don't want to be too specific where you make it where personal, where people know exactly what you're talking about, but finding that balance between that and keeping it vague where the per, uh, the person, uh, the listener can input their own dreams or their own life or whatever into it. Yeah, and I think this is one of those songs that kind of kind of meets those kind of qualifications where um, it can be, I mean, the yeah, the lyrics themselves, I mean, kind of are pretty general as far as, yeah, I've got a hole in my life and then kind of going into very kind of, yeah, general kind of things on what I wish could be done and what I'm looking for. And I kind of, and again, this is early on in their career, so maybe this is kind of at the beginning of that sentiment that Sting was talking about as far as trying to write a song that, yeah, that both uh, uh, keeps it kind of like fill in the blank, but enough where yeah, where there's still kind of the personality is still there of the uh, of the artist, and uh, uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, this is another one. It took me. A, I guess you could say it's a stocks on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I initially with that yeah part, it's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, just oh, sounds like yeah. a stinger. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah. after again with with all the uh, kind of again because. You can see, I mean, this is a band that really, like a lot of great pop bands, had a real strong melodic foundation. Uh, and I love... Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, thank you. Um, but uh, but I love like when they go into kind of like some of the chorus parts where you've got this very... Maybe, I don't know if you guys agree, it almost has this kind of Billy Joel meets the Beatles kind of blending. Uh, hmm, yeah, yeah. Kevin, if you, if you yeah. could play, uh, we have 130, Kevin. Time signature change, just but yeah, so that just reminded me. It's very yes, very and that's nice. what this album does a lot because uh, I know where, it's, where it brings you. Even if you don't like certain things, all, you almost find in every song where something pulls you right back into it, and that was one of those kind of yeah. Whatever pulls here. you right back in is not something that Queen would do, where they would just have you know just just such a diversity of song within right. a song. It's just that this their police is subtle and uh-huh. soft touch enough with what they do. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It doesn't annoy you. It's not jarring. Absolutely. If I remember correctly, was this the one with the ending that I really liked? It had something. Oh, yes. I liked this. Yeah, this is cool. I I, I don't know. I was not expecting that. It's a warm blanket. That is cool. It is just with the vocal harmonies, everything. I and I will say, you know what? For being a trio, they really get the most out of the band. Yep, I got that in this. I wrote that in this song too. I'm yeah, yeah. intertwined <laughs> for a three piece. Boy, yeah, and that's the that's the thing you got to think of too. Like you look at Rush, and yes, they're another one of those like maybe the the band that gets the most out of a trio. Uh, I mean, yeah. versus like a cream or a police, like, but this is a totally different genre. So yeah. yes, it, it's, and that's where I, I kind of, it's interesting with my rating because like we, you know, the first band we ever covered was Van Halen. That's also 1978. And I think all of us gave that probably like a nine out of 10 as well. And yeah, like, you know, there's musically, it's pretty much a trio, you know, Dave's just singing but there's a lot more movement and technicality going on, but they're a hard rock band. Like that's what they do. This is a lot more simple, but I think for what this band is, it, I think it's great. Like yep. what they're trying yeah. to do, they do it really well. They're not trying to be virtuoso, flashy guitar players. It's They're writing more simple, catchy songs. And yeah, this song, 
it is interesting. I think it's another stocks on the rise for me because it's a deep cut, I think, compared to the singles before it. And it's a lot of just kind of vamping chords. And you think like it would get maybe a little boring, especially for it almost being five minutes. But the way, yeah, I hear that Billy Joel in there, those turnarounds and the time signature change, it, it keeps it interesting. And I, I think it's a great, great song. Yeah, it, it's what you said there. It's just the balance between um, gutter punk, where they could barely even plug in their own instruments, and that's kind of the point. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and right. virtuoso music, or Pink Floyd, or Queen, which was you know animals, I think, or uh, um, a jazz was this year, and and where they're really just exploring, pushing boundaries of their musical capabilities, and they have such a good like the the, the police did not have to be they, if they could have just said we're going to follow and we're going to cash in on on the punk scene, and we're just going to do the three chord, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, this the the the, the so lonely or next to you, where it's just super simple, but then they want to bring a little bit more. So they're able to really hit that balance between not just being so over the top virtuoso, but also kind of having one foot in what the scene was at the time that I guess allowed them to, uh, you know, just find something that worked and clicked and allowed them yeah. to make more records. And, and one thing about this record that I've noticed too, and I don't, I'm just, I don't know if they just had the foresight or the smarts, but they, this album just ages so well to me. It's like, you know, you, you it's, still it's fresh, yeah. it's fresh, yeah. it ages like, like you said, you know, there was definitely some of those queen records where they had songs that were super impressive and wow, like that's some of the greatest musicianship I've ever seen, but then it gets a little too much and it's like, all right, now it's getting too, too much like this. They knew, like you said, they knew to never take it that far. And they probably had the technicality, especially Stuart, like he could have gotten really nerdy, but maybe that would have turned people away where it's impressive enough where you like the you know, bare bones listener would be impressed by that, but it, it's still like great pop music and it ages well. And I still think that they have some of that kind of highbrow suaveness into this music, even on their first record. Like obviously, you know, later on, they're going to get even more suave and sophisticated with their music, especially into the Sting stuff. But I think it it's a little bit here on this yeah. first record. I'm looking at yeah, I, I, I'm looking to see where this will go in the future. I mean, we kind of know. But remember we were saying kind of similar things on the first couple Queen albums where they, they would just give us just enough but not over yeah. the line. But then eventually they strayed over the line, as Mark yep. would like to put out. I want to yeah. see where this goes. I want to sure. see some of the deep cuts maybe in the police, you know, next couple albums and see maybe they do go over the line. Maybe they don't. And maybe I'll be, you know, pleasantly surprised. This is, so, yeah. This is different, though. The over the line stuff with the Queen was like the, whoa, okay, all right, stop. <laughs> just knew when to stop. Like, police doesn't ever get to that, like, just, dude, stop. That's true. It's much yeah. more of a balance. And they're able to balance both sides but you're sitting in between really not knowing that you're being balanced. Um, right. And Alex, you mentioned suave and sophisticated. I mean, really isn't, the, aren't those two words that you would use to kind of really describe the new wave genre in, yeah. in some ways? like the and new like, romantic, the, like there's yeah, this romantic much, French, Revi, French Riviera, kind of like mm -hmm. the leather jackets. And yeah, maybe it's the album cover and it's the song title, the album title with the French and it just has this romantic drink and wine kind of a thing, a very European and I, I but okay. I love it on a punk record. They do that, and that, it's that's, just like that's why I that's gotta cool. get in here. I gotta get in here real quick. I know we're over on time on this song, but I'm surprised they're able to pull that off. Because from what maybe right. it's just my perspective in 2021, where anything outside of this box of genre is immediately <laughs> trashed. 
You know what I mean? Like you, you, you put one toe over your genre's line, and your fans are ready to burn you at the stake. Well, yeah, I, mean, I can't right believe. Yeah, I, mean, I can't Dillon, believe I mean, that. Yeah. Suave yeah. and sophisticated, out of like kind of a punk side too. That like, that was like, accepted at all because I this, feel like if yeah, you were to put right. that out in 2021, be like, yeah, hey, we're gonna be you, suave, sophisticated, you know what? This, 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 you know, this is rich boy. This is rich boy punk. Is what this is. This is this is, this is, this is, this is Chicago yacht rock Winnetka punk. Is what yeah. this is. But, but did they just get lucky? That this is the way that the genre turned and That's that a new great wave question. blew up, or Maybe. did they pioneer it? I don't know. Is are they? I mean, they, obviously they get some credit for that, but I feel like a lot of the stuff. And if if the world of music just turned another way in the early '80s, then this this stuff would be cringy and and just a horrible. Uh, like why would you mix those two things together but because <laughs> that's the way things happened that this is now this is now a forerunner of that kind of thing yeah it's a good question i guess we'll actually maybe see too as the albums yeah. develop anyway mm-hmm. let's move on peanuts so cool it's so beginning band like it is so if you've ever experienced it, that though. if you've ever been in like fourth grade or had a sibling in fourth grade and there's like this one kid that's just honking it out and he only knows two notes it's so childish like how like, did he end up on a police record like like the fact this this song is called peanuts just makes so much sense like i just think charlie brown when i listen I know, to this song well, it's, it's rod stewart isn't it isn't it about rod stewart it, it is yeah i believe it is yeah yeah, but that solo, you play that solo and you're like, what the hell is going on with this solo? Like, it doesn't make sense, but it works. It's a punk rock metal well, solo. Well, isn't it? It's cool. <laughs> it, it it is, isn't yeah. it after that little kazooish part where he's like <laughs> screaming, Beta! Yes, yeah. yes. Why are Brits so British? Like, can we get through a British well, discography without having Udakli bin Glop Eagle Like, oh, we'll, like, we'll, we'll get there on, the we'll, we'll get the on side too. Well, I'll say, I'll say this much. It, I, at least this song made me chuckle. Where that's what the song does. Some, yes. Something so on just, side two is just like, yeah. Okay. But anyway, we'll get there. And it closes out the side too. It's 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 like a nice, fun little song, but it's catchy and goofy, and like you just can't help but like laugh and dance and groove to it. Would and then you, you like flip. to listen to side two? A good call to action, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, got more fun. kazoo for you. It's fun. I, I, yeah, okay, could, I, could you could you actually play the very beginning of the song? I love the bass yeah. line. I know it's so simple, but like the little hiccup. That bass tone is so good. I'll say this yeah, much. God, not like what so, an opening movie song again. That just not, puts me in the best mood. Not that, that the last two songs were bad at all. 
Um, but I do think that this side needed another like energetic song like this. I don't. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I feel. We, we I feel we like we're doing we, the reggae thing for three songs. Right. Straight that's here. what I was thinking. It's like we haven't really had like a burner since uh, the opener. So maybe like it, it was kind of necessary just to change it up because if they put like another reggae tune like here, it'd be like ah man, four in a row. So that's an, another reason why this song was getting a plus in my book. Besides just kind of laughing at it a little bit, yeah, <laughs> or laughing just, w- laughing with it maybe too at the same time. I just love that bass tone. It's just it's grindy. It's that P bass through the SVT, and like that's the cool thing about Sting is he can play the really almost. Uh, like Motowny, like roll the tone knob off and just kind of play with this thumb, like during So Lonely. But then he can kind of get that driving and get the pick in there. Like you could tell these guys were definitely listening and studying a lot of stuff that were coming out. And that's the thing. It's like you probably look at these guys and you're like, these guys are punk. Like who are these fucking rich guys coming out of nowhere? And, I, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that's what they were. I don't know what their background was. They could have been. But they, but they came off. Yeah, they came off a lot more. They, I mean, they played it off yeah. like they weren't. Like maybe they were blue collar factory guys but it's like you look at these guys and you listen to it and and that's that's so true where you think any other punk stuff at the time probably would have like looked and like who are these guys trying to prep up our punk yeah, better looking. Yeah. I mean, from a better from looking a, from like from a guy band perspective. I mean, where, yeah, they don't they, they don't look like but they I do mean, it well. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't look like they, Six they, Pistols or the Damned or the where they look like they well, just crawled out of a it, or whatever. But yeah, they look like. Yeah, these, they had this almost like, or you could see them like as like pinups private or whatever, school, or whatever. Or whatever yeah. Blue blooded. These yeah. guys, will, will there be these guys posters? were <laughs> these guys were definitely listening to the jam. If you ever listen to the jam, they they would have put out records, uh, you know, a few years before this. And the thing about the jam was they were very classy punk, where they were literally wearing like suits. Oh, were they? And, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's maybe Paul that, Paul Weller example, and Bruce yeah. Foxton. So yeah. if you listen to that stuff, you could see. But if anything, these guys blended a little bit more of the reggae in yeah. where the yeah. the jam eventually did that but not so much uh, at least at the start so they made it maybe a little slower and a little catchier than what the jam were doing but still i mean both both bands i love so speaking of uh, yeah. punks and suits uh, maybe we can cut this bit but wasn't that uh, anti-flag that would do that they would wear the the black with the tie and the, the thin yeah the black dress shirt yeah and, the thin tie. and then green day was doing that around american yeah, idiot yeah. and yeah i remember that Boston's were wearing plaid suits in the 90s. So, you know, it's nothing new. We talk yeah. the music except when we talk the suits. All right. All right. Let's flip that record over. This is Can't Stand Losing You. Yeah, so this has always been my favorite song on the album, um, you know, ever since I first heard it. 
Uh, I think it it's a perfect blend. I mean, you could you could argue that So Lonely does it as well, where they show you their slow reggae side and then they'll you know bump it up into the punk side during the choruses and kind of blend everything. Where yeah, you'll get something like uh, well, Roxanne does it as well, but I think this is my favorite version of it. It's just long enough it sits under three minutes there is that part where they start kind of ramping up the harmonies towards the end where it's like all right if they did this any longer i would have gotten annoyed by it but the fact that they finally go right back to can't stand losing you and they slow it down i think it's perfect so yeah the way they open up this side this is this is definitely a top five police top three maybe even police song and, and my favorite on the album Sure. You know, and uh, Kevin just dropped out, so I wanted to just cue up the intro to this because it really is just a, a great way to put on a side just to have just that sound coming in. Just, you know. Beautiful drum. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, like that is so, there's this Miami Vice episode yes. where Crockett goes to Jamaica and he's looking for Calderon, I think, or uh, I don't remember exactly. It's like Oh, Cald- uh, Calderon's return, right? They go. Yeah, it was a Calderon yeah. return, yeah. 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 And it just like kind of like it opens just, I don't even know if it opens this, this song. I don't know. Like <laughs> it, it just be. sounds so much like a Michael Mann drop right there, just with that, that yeah, it's whole very, thing. Yeah, it's very cinematic. I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, also, like, I kind of get the vibe too that, um, or maybe I won't talk about this on this song, but uh, one thing I do like on this song is those harmonies, those can't stand losing yous, is yeah. that it's not quantized at all. Like it's almost got that one take feeling where the the, does, the harmonies yeah. don't quite line up, and I like yeah. it. It makes it, it gets Rock. more the the more you know organic or more just you know three guys in a room with a couple of mics feeling that it, that works out nicely. It's not completely so acceptable clear for an for an yep. album one. You know, yeah, that, that's what you well, want to hear. Yeah, it adds more to it. This is not like album 16 by Iron Maiden where they can't line up the band, but uh, who's to say? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I can't tell you how annoying that chorus was for me for years. Like whenever this would come on and whether it was a music documentary I was watching or whatever, and it would just have that repeating. Yeah, I remember I, can't, I was sitting with somebody. I can't remember who it was. Uh, maybe my dad or whatever. And we were just like, he's like, can you just turn that off? Like, after, <laughs> yeah. I get it. I definitely get it. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who's in the background, not really paying attention, but knows it's triggered something. So, yeah, like, what is, what is that? that? Turn like, it off. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, so that, uh, but it's funny here. It, it is weird. And again, we've talked about how important the music can be with propping up kind of either mediocre or more often irritating yeah, vocal passages, and I think this is one of those moments because it does. You, you you're like, oh, that's stupid. Then you walk away from it, and then you find yourself, yeah, I can't. It's 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 like they knew yeah. that all these songs were going to be infectious and earworms. Same thing yeah. with So Lonely. Like they knew, like, oh man, we got something really good here. So let's just keep repeating it and just keep <laughs> keep hitting you over there the head with it. It doesn't work though. There are some times coming up. Oh, yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, they are. We will get there for sure. Um, okay. And yeah, let's keep moving on then. This is Truth Hits Everybody.
This is the one that I was talking about. Turn up the tempo just a notch. Dial in that ground sound. And have David David Lee Roth sing this one. It sound I would love to hear Van Halen early eighties eighty four and pre Van Halen cover this one. Wow, you, you it's a what? little heavier. It gets down to E. Like it's kind of got that. There's 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 some that especially those verses just got that like soft like um you know this that that fair warning Van Halen I suppose that, yeah, that this is where they were willing to be more dynamic I, 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 I love hearing that I you know would de- I would definitely say this is the most punk song on the album I mean you could say next to you is as well like I would say the two fast punk songs are next to you in this um, but this one just hits it a little bit more for me just I mean I love next to you so much don't get me wrong but I like that this one is a little bit more of a deep cut. It's definitely my another stocks on the rise song for me. Yeah, stocks and I, on the rise for me. Yeah, it's just yep. it's so it's so cool, and I love just the guitar chords where I think he's he's probably hitting like I think is it an E major chord, and then he moves up into an F sharp, but he's not throwing the the bass note on the low E string, so it has that dissonant song during the or dissonant part during the chorus, like the boom boom boom. Right. You'd have to like kind of watch what he's doing to get what I'm saying. But yeah, and that's one where I love how he's they continue to do the truth hits everybody. Whoa. But then it kind of slows down halfway through that chorus and kind of switches it up so it never goes too long on that part. It's like the chorus is still going, but halfway through it, they kind of chop up the tempo and change the chords, but it still sits under it really nicely. And that's they've done that several times this album where they have, uh, I think it was so lonely where just uh, they got the uh-huh. halftime chorus and the double yeah. time chorus. So, you know, it's it's funny. I can't I know you said that you could you could hear like David Lee Roth singing over this, but I, I feel like this is one of the songs where where. I, I can't imagine that Dave Grohl didn't that this was, wasn't one of his biggest influences. This just this one song because again, like the, especially in the chorus. I mean, I for a minute you close your eyes and you, you sting almost for a moment. So sounds like Dave when he was singing in the higher registers. Yeah, Kevin, if you could play it one thirty eight. I mean, I was kind of I, I was I was almost laughing because I mean not not in a bit because I I really enjoy this song, but yeah, yeah, sure. Holy crap. Those bells, yeah, the bells, yeah. the oh, bells. Remember yeah. balls thing, yeah. and bells. Remember? No, that's For a whom the that's a great no, yeah. point, Chris. That's not something yeah. I listened to. I mean, I know that the Foo's and at least Stuart Copeland I, are I, I, yeah, yeah. are buddies, and like they've they? actually okay. they've they've covered next to you before, and Stuarts came up and played with them. Oh, but yeah, okay. this I definitely hear that, especially Just the early. Way that, the way that the way that stinks. I mean, it almost looks like it feels like it. Like Dave took a part of that and incorporated it like that into f- his. That style. first Foo Fighters record, especially, yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, you know, something about that low E chord too is very yeah. jarring. You don't really hear that from the Police. It's not what you th- you don't think of low open E chords yeah. when you think of the Police. No. but when they throw that in there, it's it's jarring. You know, it's, I like it. It's funny. I don't know what it is. Maybe about the earlier where they really maybe there was just more of like a more of just a muscle. Because again, I mean, I know yeah, Alex. I know you love a lot of what has come out of the pop punk genre and. Like I said, this is and the you first. Don't. Yeah, no, and it's funny. This is the first time where I I don't know if because here I really because again there's a lot of those in this song as far as what you what came later. But I almost feel like maybe my sister's generation, maybe a little bit of our generation, maybe ruined it for me personally. I don't know. There just seems to be more of a. I don't know. There's more, just more of a sophistication and kind of like need here. You're saying this early stuff grabs yeah. you a little bit more than it was more done than what, later. Than what, yeah. yeah, than yeah, the people that were influenced sure. by this. And I yeah. think honestly, I think I can point to what does it 
and it, I, I really think it has a lot to do with Andy Summers playing and Maybe the way it just, it just fills. It's just very filling yeah. Because you, if you were, if you, if you were a guitar player and you tried like learning the song, it's very like you could see how it could be very three finger, you know, pop punk power chordy, more like yeah. how the Ramones would have done it. Yeah. Um, I think this song starts off like it goes like C sharp A to E, like just normal power chords that you would think. But the way he kind of plays things, he throws like these little dissonant chords in there which almost makes it not too pretty and poppy like it's a little dirty enough which i think is really cool like this like you could see the ramones playing this song the way they play their power chords like a lot more majory and right. by the book, Here, there's just but, a little bit more of that classic rock edge that I like yeah, that they held the it. Because again, it's still in this era. Yeah, guitars it, too. Yeah. yeah, and even maybe because it's still in this era, it's still the '70s. So there's still this is still the era of the uh, like the hard, like the like the yeah, with the rock star where it kind of changed you know, once you get to the '90s and early 2000s. Uh, but here, and again, maybe just because I grew up, maybe it still has some of those sentiments that I still love growing up with classic rock music are there, uh, where sure. it wasn't there by the time yeah by the time mm-hmm. it became this big global phenomenon in the 90s and early mm-hmm. t- 2000s where I was still yeah again because I mean classic rock I mean is my biggest influence I mean growing up especially in elementary school and I mean, I've talked about that on here uh, and here yeah it's maybe that was, maybe that's what was missing for me <laughs> I don't know if with that with all that stuff that came later like where they kind of just yeah, yeah. we're here it's still it's still in the DNA. Well, maybe it's because um, you know p- the police have their blues influences still, and their reggae being blues influences, and they're one yeah. to four, especially with uh, yeah. uh, "Hole in My Life," just that minor blues uh, the, moving through the, the verses. But um, you know, rock left it's the the chrysalis of blues. You know, maybe you know after hair metal. I don't know. Like it just kind of just separated from it to the point where there really wasn't that digging in that you. There weren't those slide guitar solos when it came to you know the used or uh, anti flag or whatever. Like it right. just was kind of gone by that point. You know, and that's the rock as a whole. Like there's not there's no blues in Limp Bizkit. I guess maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know a whole lot about Limp Bizkit, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, just it, the, it there's, there's still that influence here. Yeah, somewhere around probably the early 90s that became detached right mm-hmm. because there's obviously a lot of blues and that late 80s stuff you hear that playing and that. Sure. i don't i don't know where that actually ended but it's pretty pretty interesting discussion to take forward yeah because maybe. even nirvana had you would say that there was still grounded in that mhm yeah. yeah i don't know what so happened like, somewhere there was a point between 1990 and 2000 <laughs> mm-hmm. but honestly anyway. I, I could see i could see a lot of i mean if you really listen for it i feel like you could hear a lot of police and nirvana too i mean another trio and -hmm. you know maybe kurt was not nowhere near as and no disrespect great on his own right in in writing lyrics and singing but he was nowhere near a guitar player that andy summers was but right i I feel like they you know kind of the simple kind of power chord rock Mm -hmm. but also throwing some weird stuff in there to just kind of dirty it up enough to make it unique yeah well yeah they had the sophistication in their years as a playing yeah where they if they needed to they could bring these kind of things that maybe the yeah maybe as far as i mean you talked about that earlier uh as far as things that the punk genre couldn't have even dreamed of or even would have wanted to play like that mm-hmm. uh, but here if you wanted that it was there yeah and again this is kind of a newer yeah so uh, yeah uh wrapping this one up actually i i have a question for everybody yes were we born in the 50s because that's oh, our God, ne- that's that's our next song. 
born in the 50s. What was it like? Because we no, weren't. I was not. <laughs> yeah. Spiritually, maybe I was born in the 50s, but yeah, yeah, not, yeah, uh, no, we'll not find out. It's it's funny. This is going back to yeah. Which one song was I talking about? As far as where you have this perfect balance of kind of lyrics and melody. Um, yeah, here it's a little kind of yeah uh, yeah. If it wasn't for a strong melody, I can I can see why some people would probably just tune out if they didn't like grow up in that kind of. It's like well, I I don't know. I wasn't. But again, this is a move song. You could say probably the, one of the most songs of its time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally kind of. It pretty much situates you, okay, their audience are probably people who grew up in the mid to late 50s, and as far as whether or not in a decade from when the song was written, whether or not it'll still translate, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Outside of the audience of who first listened to it. It is, um, an, it is a really interesting song, because I, I, I feel like... It is, I love the, like, the music. Yeah, the music is great. I really enjoyed the music. I, I, I feel... Why, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this song and, and maybe the song that follows, if you really listen to the album in a whole... Uh, don't really fit the rest of the songs. Like this has again a very American vibe. Yeah. Um. And yeah, yeah like they just touched it. Like I could hear American graffiti in this, or right. I could hear this being on a TV show like The Wonder Years or something. It's like that sitcommy kind of intro to a sitcom kind of song. But I love it. I I, I love the bass playing where he kind of goes into that half step behind it, like the da na 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 ba na na na. It's just right. it, it, it's that it ta- it pleasures that uh, pop punk side of me, which right. I like there. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I but, said that that the music in the verses was really kind of hard hitting. It really was engaging. Um, uh, I mean, the song is a little cheesy again because sure. it just seems like it's like, yeah, we're yeah, we're the like the greatest generation. Uh, it was funny. I came across this article. Uh, this guy, I can't remember what the uh, uh, I, I kind of typed in, though, what the guy wrote uh, as far as what he thought of this song. And I could I could see um which he called a dated and embarrassing revolving around generational arrogance with F you old man. We were born in the fifties message. I don't care when you were born, whether it was in the eighties or in the 1800s, this crap makes me cringe. I don't know. I don't know. I know that's kind of, I know that's kind of an aside, but that just really kind of made me laugh out loud. That kind of, uh, yeah, I can see again, this is again, a very, a song that kind of touched it where you're almost, like I said earlier, like you're solidifying it to a moment or, or to a specific group of people. And yeah. whether or not you can relate to that, whether or not as far as in the growing up in the early years of the Cold War, because I think he touches on that in there uh, to yeah, uh, the music revolutions of that, of kind of, of that era as far as growing up in middle school and high school. Yeah, whether or not that. Uh, but again, like I said earlier, like I've been saying, yeah, the, the music helps kind of prop it up where you kind of stick around a little bit longer. Um, I, I, I was I, I was sold yeah. on the verses. I, I'm not sold on the chorus. 
I know it's, I it's, don't it's know, a little. There's something it's, it's, that's it's, just kind of like it's, it's just a little, a little flat. I don't know. I, I, I was born in the fifties. A little, a little I was too born. literal too. It, it's it, like he sounds like he really. It's almost like where he's really. It doesn't flow very well. It, and it's like, like he I had was this born I, in the fifties. Right. Yeah. It's like he had this so idea. We were, like yeah. I'm gonna write a song about this generation that grew up and they went through these things. So he had these verses down, and we got to the chorus, and it was like. Man, so what do I say then about the chorus? Well, I was born in the 50s, so it's like, ah, I don't know. And it just seems like kind of a lame anthem when you get to the chorus. Yeah, like, I, I was born in the 90s. <laughs> like, would, you, would anybody yeah. actually sing that? Ah, I was born well, in that, the 2000s. Like, that, that's, yeah, that's why I say sitcom, because it's very much like a commercial it like is, you can hear this yeah. on a commercial. It's like a commercial song. <laughs> yeah, but, for, for, yeah, for people that are now approaching seventy now, or yeah, who kind of like I mean, you can see this being used in a I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, so yeah. that's that's where I'm like, eh, I don't I, know. I totally it's just that. a little. It's a little. So, this so is Mark, where we get a little flat. <laughs> yeah, so Mark, where, what do you think about being born in the fifties? I think it sucks. <laughs> This I, is where we start. This is what did I have for this one? Did I have it? Uh, this is lame filler. <laughs> this is, that's what I put for this one. Yeah, listen. Back Although later, I do yeah. like, I did like, uh, it, like at, um, and I don't, you don't need to reference it. I don't cares. But uh, uh, forty-four <laughs> seconds. I did, I did like some of the grit that uh, you got in Sting's voice. Like you know, it's, yeah, it's not court, without yeah, merit. Not, yeah. But uh, like this is this is totally filler. And I'm kind of surprised. Uh, maybe the next last three songs here. It's just. Um, you know, people who I always say that you have your entire life to write your debut album and the hardest album is your second album because you got to rewrite everything. So you have 18 years to write your first album. Uh, I just kind of question uh, how great of this album I can get, how good of a rating I can give this album when, you know, you have great songs up until, you know, the first seven songs all have got something good. And then the last three here are just kind of like, well, you had 18 years and you only have seven songs. <laughs> you should have 10 songs. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys disagree with me on the last three songs here. But no. yeah, we're getting to the filler. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I will agree that like the first seven are just super strong, and you know I, I still appreciate some of these last songs for sure. But I get what you guys are saying, and then I think to myself, they had Fallout. They could have put it on this album, yeah. one of my favorite freaking police songs. And if you we're going to compare this to the greatest debut albums of all time, and we've got two in our discography already with Van Halen one, and I mean you end with On Fire. There's no filler at the end of that. You know, there's Ice Cream Man. There's no filler. Yeah, maybe you think Ice Cream Man's a joke song, but it's definitely, you know, and, and Queen won. And I know you can maybe think uh, Seven Seas Rise is a, uh, uh, you know, a filler or a bonus track, but, you know, there's not a whole lot of filler on that record either. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, just tough. Yeah. It's, it's just tough because those first seven songs are so strong. Oh, good. And, and not that, like, the last two or three songs are bad. It's just like, yeah, there's definitely, there are definitely a few notches down. Mm. Well, yeah, let's, to the let's, first seven. let's get our British on and uh, let's yes. let's do be, be My Girl Sally. God, I love that. That's so Eddie. More gain, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Alex wants me to he stop. Just, yeah, but right sorry, this one. sorry, but you know what I'm hearing right there? Top Jimmy. Yeah, a little bit. Is anybody yeah. hearing Diver Down Top Jimmy from 1984 on yeah. this song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and then they completely ruin the song. So let's get ah. it. <laughs> I 
Are you can stop it right there, Kevin. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so Ramones. Right there. That's so Ramones, no. and I love it. It's funny. I've never this seen bugged it. the hell out of me. Experience even something more... different. With oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I love this personally. Brits. So personally, British. Personally, I, I love this. Why are they so British? It reminded me of Monty Python a lot. I mean, that was kind of the uh, clock, I think he's, clockwork he's talking orange. About what, right? Oh, that a little bit too. But yeah, isn't it kind of talking about like uh, like getting it out with his blow up doll or something? Wasn't that kind of the? I think that was the yeah. The like, point. Like, okay, talk yeah, that's about very, that's very a bonus British track. Shit. Like that's fine for your bonus track. It's fine right. if you're a Joe. What what happened to the sophisticated punk? What happened right. to the upper crust gutter? Yeah, right. You know, that I, that's why I said so well. I appreciate the diversity on this record. <laughs> right. That, They're throwing everything on it. And it's it's funny going back probably even more uh, uh, than uh, Truth Hits Everybody here. I mean, this is a song that should have totally turned me off again because this probably has the strongest as far as almost having that 90s pop punk influence that I hate. And I couldn't get that stupid chorus out of my head if I tried. Yeah. It was funny. I remember, I, again, I was I think I was like at work and I was just at, and again, I was so Beach again, Boys. I, yeah. And it just was like, God, this is not. Yeah, again, it just gets in your head. It shouldn't be there, but it, I mean, it finds its way. Yeah, it's one of those stupid earworms. This that is I always definitely. Talk about. It's just an idea, though. It's, it's all the yeah, song it's is. definitely like on my top five list of riffs be, that are wasted. It's yeah. like it's yeah. it's like oh man, I I put on this song. I remember I was walking out of Union Station. I'm like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna have a great walk, and then. <laughs> A minute in, I'm like, yeah, that this is come. Give me a break. I can't believe you have a riff like that and you follow it up with the rest of the song. Like, come on, you, we get back to David Gilmore more or what? What was that where they were whispering yeah. in the air? I'm a, gumma. a Spanish piece or something where somebody's yeah. whispering in the it's air. It's very much. You want to go? You to, haven't even walked over the bridge over the Chicago River out of Union Station. You like <laughs> toss your headphones into the river. Well, the other no. thing I was thinking, I was thinking, man, I'm glad I have headphones on for this right now. Like Mark, you want to talk about <laughs> convertible songs? Go ahead, start <laughs> yeah. this up in your convertible. 1978 riff is rocking, and then by the time yeah. you get to the out of your subdivision, you got somebody talking about a blow up doll. You got to be embarrassed because you're going to be getting looks. <laughs> Come on. Don't get me wrong. So well, I, I, ab- I absolutely cannot argue with your guys' point on this because it's, <laughs> yeah. li- it's literally like a ha- it's like a half a song. Okay, Alex, where was the point that you wanted to put this on the Lurk record? Well, you know what? The, the more I listen to this record, especially in this episode, the more it, it unintentionally... Well, Maybe it was more intentional on my part, but I don't know if any of the rest of the guys wanted this. But if you listen to our record, we have sound clips. Like, our our record, in a way, really kind of mirrors this album, in a way. I don't know if it's anywhere near as good, but, like, the diversity is there. But anyway, I, I personally, I, I love this song. I love how catchy it is. And, yeah, I don't mind that because it reminds me of Clockwork Orange. I, it just has yeah. that that thing to it and i like it i don't get me wrong i could totally understand anybody getting rid of this because it is it's a half a song and it's like man if only they would have finished the full idea and not put that little sound clip in there but it works for me i I don't take it too seriously i like it well and i would say that maybe it's harmed by 78 being one of the greatest years 76 through 78 really just being some of the greatest Mm -hmm. years of music uh, in my opinion, and you have 10 tracks to bring it, to give it your all in 70. There's so much competition and you have a joke song about your blow up doll. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I, if you put that on your 2021 punk record, 
I, I think that'd be pretty funny. Like I, I would honestly like be like, I'm okay with that. But in '78, it's just, it just, I don't know how you call it anything other than just time filler. It's a poor showing. I don't know. Anyway, let's close out this album. Does it close strong? Do we get a Kevin Strong closer <laughs> trademark, or do we close <laughs> with Masoko Tanga? Maybe we do. Just so you know, everybody, I played 10 seconds of that, and we got everybody wanting to get in based on that clip. Take it yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's funny. There's a little bit of kind of Getty influence in that bass right there, but uh, I will say this. I mean, this is probably the beginning of the worst of Sting's influence over the band as far as just, okay, we're going to... It's like, yeah, I, I, can imagine, I can imagine Stuart and Andy going, like, what, we're just, what are we doing for, what, five, six minutes? Yeah, with this weird, and again, it should be more interesting than it is, even with these weird reggae, reggae jazz, but again, I mean, you start singing, and I, I hate it, I mean, I, I know, uh, I liked it more when Queen did it with, what was is it, uh, what, what was that weird song that was sung in Japanese, what was that called? Teo, yeah. Teo Toriyat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at least that had, a, like, a strong kind of, like, okay, story behind it, like, okay, I get that, here it just feels like they're, like, Sting's just kind of swinging, yeah, without getting into... This is the Tai Shan yeah. of the record. Right. Hey, I yeah. like Tai Shan. It's better I, than that. So do I. I yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Chris. Kevin, can you play that clip again? Just I'll, I'll let everyone suffer for another 10 seconds of this. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just, I'll just, play it right there. All right, you can stop it. <laughs> you know what this is? This song is five minutes and whatever, 48 seconds of just an outro. Like yeah, it's just an right. outro on repeat. And I feel like when you're playing that, I feel like it's meant to be played in the club live by the club band while the MC is talking over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and don't forget to tip your servers. On the left, we make sure to, sub, you know, like it's, it's just like yeah. it's not a song. It just no, it's, isn't. It's, it, and maybe it was, I'm it was just unnecessary. It's like, you, could, you could have ended with Be My Girl and just kept it this weird kind of like oh, oh we're, like, we're gonna end yeah. with the the whisper about the blow-up doll yes <laughs> yes no, yeah oh, okay so this this it feels like yeah. they had seven songs that they knew were good so they put them at the top and they put the three ones bad ones or the three filler ones right. or the low effort ones at the back and if they would have peppered it a little bit in the middle like you would have you know what would be a great closer truth hits everybody isn't really a i don't know can't stand losing you might have been a cool closer yeah, yeah. I would be interested to know about kind of restructuring the record, but yeah, this song yeah. is the one song on the record that I knew the, the least of the other ones. I mean, and yes, it's buried. <laughs> yeah, this, this is why it's not a perfect score. Um, so yeah, I agree. And, and you know what this song is to me is this is this is where I could see Mark being like, keep your experiments off my record. I would say keep your live jam sections off my record. Right. Is what this is. This is like in the middle of the show, and like the guys just kind of want to do a jam, and they felt they the need put their experiments on my vibe. Yeah, like that. Like that's what this is. Like yes, do this live to kind of break it up, and like maybe this is where Sting introduces the band, and he kind of talks over the jam. Like I would get mm -hmm. it, and, and maybe they put it on the record so that if they ever did play it live. 
life, people would be like, "Oh, okay, I know what that is. It's it's on the album." But like, I don't, I don't, I like. You need five minutes of it. Yeah, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with anybody here. Like this, this one can go. Or you could have chopped it in half. It's weird if I want, like, because again, it's like they tried to throw all these weird, like, musical influences that you've heard on the rest of the record into one ending. But if, like, if I want to listen to those cool things that they've been doing, I'll go back and listen to one of the shorter songs. Right. Yeah, that are mm-hmm. much more, yeah. But here, it just, uh, like he said, it just feels, yeah, kind of wasted, sadly. I feel like this is uh, one of my general comments on the record. It's like they went into this knowing we need 10 songs and we need 40 minutes and however we get there, whatever we need to stretch out to get there, yeah. let's stretch this one out. We'll make it a little fan jam because this would have been the perfect, like one minute and 10 second, just fun little hidden track. Right. I know this wasn't really a hidden track era, yeah. but something like that where it yeah. just almost like the seven season rye, you know, I know Absolutely. Chris, you hated that. Um, but kind of like that, Oh, this is what we can do. Just, just a little preview or a little snippet, uh, you know, yeah, maybe we'll close that's, out maybe with a hundred percent. And you know what this actually should have been? Like you said, this should be a, fade out like yeah, maybe a minute a minute a minute tack tack it in tack it on or like i don't know maybe, maybe one at, of those record repeats where that skips back yeah, yeah which maybe i i don't i i actually own a first press of this and it doesn't do that but that's a cool idea but yeah if this <laughs> song was like a minute like maybe even ending side one or something just like oh here's something cool like you don't need five minutes and 42 seconds of this or whatever it is yeah all right I think Chris, it's time. Seven for the bye. For those of you new to this record and or to this show for this record, uh, we each take a go at uh, seven questions that Chris has for us. First one of three correct answers gets an ex the privilege of an extra bye for the police for really constructing uh, the buys with the buys work is that we're kind of putting together a playlist of exclusive tracks uh, picked by our, each of ourselves. And really, you know, we all have our own ways of describing it, but I like to describe it as uh, the narrative. And for my track that I will pick for this record, maybe two uh, tracks, if I win this one, it's just my, uh, my story, how I will like to tell the story of the police to somebody who is not that into the band, the songs that I will pick. Nice. So Chris, you got seven, so you got uh, some questions for us and we'll see who is uh-huh. first. Right. Uh, to to get this okay, the police right. one. All right. Hopefully, with the time we head off, hopefully you guys did your homework, but we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, question one: True or false? Uh, the band used uh, the funds they had accumulated from playing menial punk uh, club gigs to pay for the recording of the first record. True or false? I went to buzz in. I buzz in. Oh, Mark's in. in. Yeah, you. Yes. Yeah, that counts. Uh, I guess that you. is. That's false. They borrowed it from uh, Summer's brother, I believe. Correct. Yeah, Miles, you're correct. Nice. All right. There you go, Mark, with the opener. All Uncharted right. territory for me. Well, that's because it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it Stewart's brother though? What did he say? Did you say Andy or Stewart? Uh, I'm, I'm, I, the answer is false. It's the answer way, is it's false. false. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, he got the false. But yeah, I, I, did you? Yeah, it, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was Stewart's brother, yeah, Miles Copeland. Who? All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Okay, uh, question two, uh, true or false? Uh, the BBC band I Can't Stand Losing You because of the lyrical content dealing with suicide. Oh, man. A lot of That's silence here. for the BBC. I think, I, I think, I think that was... Oh, uh, I heard a little bit of a horn going I on. Know, I know, me- I didn't mean uh, to. I didn't mean to. Okay. I didn't I, mean to. to. I'm going to stop Ooh, Chris from bringing out the, the marbles. Yeah, I, okay. I, I don't know. So this is a total guess. I'm going to say true. 
Uh, unfortunately, it's false. Ah, um, okay. It had to do with um, uh, because of a picture on the single of uh, Stuart with a noose around his neck standing on a block of ice. Oh, that's yeah. right. I actually read that. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. That's all right. So that's all right. Kevin, uh, thumbs broke, out. All broke right. the silence tiebreaker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Mark and Alex are still in it. All right. Um, Okay. Um, all right. True or false? Uh, Sting met uh, resistance from uh, the rest of the band in regards to including Jamaican musical influences, in particular on such tracks as "So Lonely." True or false? <laughs> I just want to get. I don't want to crush my momentum. I, I never win these. I wish everybody yeah. could see the looks on everybody's faces after Chris does the question. All right. All right. I, I don't right. know the answer to this, but. I feel like it's false because knowing how Stuart drums, he would have ate that up and loved playing this kind of music. So that's why I'm going to say uh, they didn't resist it. No, uh, that's uh, it, it was true, oh, actually. God. They did, yeah. Really? So, uh, yeah, they... So I got to get another one, I think. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll just say Stuart, Stuart, Stuart learned and adapted well then. Yeah. Mar- okay, Mark, here we Mark go. got All his right, question, right? Damn it, right. I wanted two two buys. Ah, what are we shit. doing? Well, you have to answer two, right? Isn't that with the, how we set up the Usually, rules? Usually, I just can't. Yeah, let, let me try my hand at one more. We'll okay, I'll okay. Give it All right, I got, a, I got a multiple choice here. Oh, <laughs> okay. Can I not, not buzz in question, on this one? Uh, no, well, you no, bought that. No, it's it's got to be Mark's got to get this if he wants to take the, if he wants to sweep it. Give him a chart All right. question. Okay, <laughs> Okay. all right. Uh, <laughs> no US, UK chart. Garbage. No, luckily, no, it's none of that. But uh, all right. Uh, around this time, Desperate for Money, the band shot a commercial for Wrigley Spearmint Gum that, funny enough, was shelved and never aired. What later famous British director directed the commercial? Uh, was it A, Danny Boyle, B, Stephen Frears, or C, Tony Scott? Wow. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, good I'm one gonna to go, give Mark. That's a good question. I'm going to go with Tony Scott. <laughs> okay, that's your final Final answer. Curse, just, just don't give me that. Just, All right, just, no. <laughs> no, you are I didn't even you know correct. Tony Scott Whoa. was British. It yeah. is Tony Scott. So Mark, uh, yeah. Mark got that, it. That, 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 that was going to be my uh, my tiebreaker if I got uh, if we got. Uh, That's a cool to, question. I want to see this commercial. I want to see the Cinderella Pat's dogs. Was it like that yeah. one? Oh, please look that one up if you have not seen the Cinderella commercial for Pat's dogs. <laughs> Yeah, so well, I guess Mark got his wish. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, ding, he's got, ding, oh, ding, ding, ding for me. I yeah. never go. got. I get, got that only once on Queen. Fifteen yeah. records, now, one for fifteen. Love it yeah. or flush it. Okay, tonight's order, uh, inverse of the intro. So Chris, myself, Mark, and Kev. So let's start it off. Track one next to you, Chris. What are we giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a big love. Yeah, it's just a fun opener. Nice meat and potatoes. Yeah, it's yeah. All right, I'm gonna duly right. needed. Yeah. I am going to do the same. Huge love, Mark. Also love it. Uh, could use, uh, and maybe it doesn't represent the, what you're going to get as well as some other songs, but still can't take anything away from that. Gets a big love. And Kev. You know, I was actually going to make this my buy, but the discussion led me elsewhere, so I'm going to give this a big love. All right. Track two, So Lonely. Uh Chris. Uh, another enormous love. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just, it's nice to see a little bit of hard rock and reggae. <laughs> yep, same here. Mark? Big buy from me. This Ooh. would have been my first buy had I not got to. How can you deny a song uh, that is this energetic with the uh, the vibes that they bring to the verse? It's just such a, a trip. Yep. 
And Kev. Yeah, I know I uh, was not very favorable on this during the discussion. It still annoys me a little bit, but not enough to uh, send it down the toilet. So uh, give it a squeeze for me. I tally it up as a love. All right. Uh, big song, track three, Roxanne, Chris. Uh, yeah, I'll just give it a standard love. I mean, it's a classic. And the fact that they did it with such a simplistic kind of foundation yeah you gotta i gotta give it a little bit of respect and love yeah i'm gonna echo that as well and you know it's unfortunate that it's been so overplayed and i just have heard it so many times but i mean there's still no denying it it's a great song and you got to keep it around so big love mark this one gets the flush Um, wow it it is not for having heard it too many times i just don't think it's that good i think there's much better representation i don't know why this one was the hit I don't know. I just don't know. Okay. And if we're talking about songs about the Red Light District, I'll take 22 Acacia Avenue from Iron Maiden over this one. Oh, well, yeah, I really a need a Red Light District song. fix. Um, ah, Mark's got me on the fence. Because, got you on the flush train. Because got I... Leaning on the, the, the bull. Yeah. I know what Mark's <laughs> talking about because I put this song on and I haven't heard it a million times. And I was like, oh, this is the hit. It's definitely not my favorite. And that doesn't mean the hits have to be the favorite, but I also kind of feel like other songs were more earworms. So where does that leave me? Where does that leave me? Oh, when in me doubt. Look. Yeah, when in doubt, flush. Oh, Maybe one of those you had to be there moments for this song to come out. Okay, track four, Hole in My Life, Chris. Uh, yeah, uh, despite the yeahs, um, <laughs> I, I didn't, wasn't sure if you were going to queue up a, uh, oh, yeah. wrong one on my <laughs> wrong one. I meant to do this. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, I love some of the, um, uh, uh, yeah, some of the musical choices, especially in those kind of Beatlesque Billy Joel kind of sections, uh, that really kind of fill you up. So yeah, I'm going to give it a love. Yep, I will give it a love as well. I like that uh, it's kind of the first deep cut that we're hitting, and it's a strong one. I appreciate the vamp and the... uh, I like that Billy Joel kind of soulful comparison you had in there. It Mm -hmm. almost like I could see the guitars being kind of played on like on an organ. Mm. It's almost like it kind of serves Mm -hmm. that space, and uh, I like the turnarounds. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like this one a lot, so give Mm -hmm. it a love, Mark. Alex mentioned the two words that made it click for me, deep cut. This is a definitely a, a great qualifier for that kind of thing. So uh, from a standard love to a solid love for me, give this a love. All right. And Kev. Yeah, give me a love on this one as well. Deep cut is helping it. All right. And the last song on side one, the goofy track, Peanuts, <laughs> Chris. It's a blast and makes you want to move, despite the kazoo. Uh, I, yeah, I got to give it a love, yeah. Yeah, I, I love this song, and, and just hearing it, uh, throw it, throw it, throw another Stocks on the Rise. I mean, there's yeah. so many on this. I mean, not that I, Stocks on the Rise. Yeah, it's just, it's just those ones where, like, you know, you hear the singles a lot, and it's like, yeah, man, they got some really strong deep cuts here that don't get enough attention, so love this one. Mark? I'll give this one 
a pass. Ooh. It gets just, it just can uh, just yeah. squeak by. It's it's the I think it's the um okay, there's a couple things. And I don't need to go on and on about this. I had plenty <laughs> of time to talk about it earlier. But first of all, like it's still even if the kazoo, the two notes in the beginner band, you know, just somehow found its way into a police record, um it it still kind of has it retains some of that punk like f you we don't care and i like that uh with just this obnoxious guitar and 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 you know oboe solo or whatever it is <laughs> um and the fact that this song is about rod stewart and the fall from grace in their eyes or whatever just like or not fall from grace but just kind of like oh you became famous and rich and whatever and uh you know sting experienced that same thing and at least has the um you know he can stand up to that and say you know what i get it now and so how he was retroactively able to go back to that and amend yeah. his feelings and that shows a maturity that i appreciate so yeah, we this- haven't always seen out of some artists that we cover yeah that's for sure uh, <laughs> right. up until maybe like yesterday yeah. with mr roger waters but uh it squeaks by with a, a light squeeze all right and kev i'm giving this one a big love i laughed at this one and this one brings some great <laughs> energy now la- you've yeah. laughed with this one perhaps yeah yeah all right well. let's flip the record over can't stand losing you chris are you banning this one uh no again uh this is another one that kind of grew on me even with the annoying chorus uh uh, it's kind of like roxanne for me it's kind of a classic uh, maybe not as classic as roxanne but it still kind of has that kind of it's how it kind of sits for me uh so yeah i gotta i gotta give it uh another stock love all right and as no surprise this is gonna be my buy uh i think i think this and so lonely really capture um, kind of all the vibes. It captures the slow reggae, but also the fast kind of punk sped up choruses. And I just happen to like this one a little, love So Lonely, but just happen to like this one a little bit more. So I think it's a good representation and have always loved it. And it's just short enough where uh, it doesn't get annoying. So bye for me, Mark. Just the first 10 seconds alone of this one gives oh. it a, a love for me. So yep. it just, I don't, even, I don't even know what it does after those first 10 seconds. I love it. Yeah, Kev? Yeah, fantastic. Give it a love for me. All right, track seven, Truth Hits Everybody, Chris. Uh, yeah, this is going to be my buy. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, the most rocking song here. Uh, I love a lot of Andy's guitar playing on here. Uh, and yeah, one of the few moments where that pop, early pop punk kind of influence really yeah, did okay for me, where I really enjoyed it. So yeah. Agreed, yeah. If I, if I had a second buy, this would be it. And uh, I just, I'm going to keep asking my band to cover this song, uh, and I'm going to make it happen. So, huge love. Uh, Mark? Well, I do have a second buy, and I will be using it on this one. Thank Uh, you. I don't feel so bad. I I don't feel bad for losing anymore. It's been covered. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's got, if I'm building a narrative, so lonely being the opener, kind of having that innocence, that that fun, you know, just kind of rocking out, repeating the chorus. And this one's a little bit darker, a little bit more serious. Uh, to show you that they are going to head, or that they have the maturity to head in that direction, I suppose, right off the bat. So definitely a buy from me. And also, Chris, to let you know, uh, remind you that you have uh, two buys uh, in the first four records. So oh, in case you wanted to use an extra buy. Uh, I think I might hold on to it for the next one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And Kev, truth is everybody. Alex, don't feel bad about losing because I'm going to use my buy here as well. So he ends up being the only one who didn't buy it. Yeah, that's true. Well, because I, well, uh, because he only had one. Yeah. Yeah. That's all Ooh, right. Yeah, I do love this song. Didn't, didn't right. have Mark's uh, yeah, knowledge, I guess, for uh, 
All right, let's move it on over to the sitcom track, Here the commercial are. song, Born in the 50s. Chris? Um, I like the structure of the verses, but it's just too kind of, the rest of the song is just too kind of goofy for me, so I'm going to have to flush it. I like when Chris sets up a flush. He just says, I like yeah. this, but, you know, and I just know my finger goes to the button. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, be apologetic, Flush. Flush, right? <laughs> See, you know, this is tough because I... Is it? It is. It is tough for me because I still... <laughs> I, I like this song. Yes, it doesn't really fit with the rest, and it's uh, it, it definitely, you know, starts dipping off here. Don't get me wrong, but... You know, I, I wouldn't, the first nine songs, I would not get rid of it if I didn't have to. But I do know that that is part of the game. So I am going to keep this one around. Mark. Oh, okay. With a, a, a squeeze or? Yeah. Well, okay. I, I like well, it. I'll give it a like. I give it the T. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this could disappear from the uh, police discography, and I don't know what you would lose. Yeah, well, yeah. That's fair. Kev? There we go. The silent flush. <laughs> Kevin's patented no word flush. <laughs> Did my business yeah, right. and got out of there. What can I say? <laughs> nice. Be my girl slash Sally. Chris, uh, are you going to have a night tonight with the blow up doll or what? What's going uh, on? Yeah, re- yeah, reluctantly, yeah, I'm going to give this a love yeah, just because, again, it did, it did something that. <laughs> he loves uh, the blow up doll. dialing up the spanked line. There we go, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to live that down. But, he, uh, he, he, yeah. he just got a human sized box shipment outside of his house. I wonder yeah, what that me, is. Yeah, hold on, I got that. I think the doorbell <laughs> rang. Yeah, I got to scare some Checking his phone yeah. for the Amazon tracking. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, Sally's it's just, on it, the way. It's, it's irritatingly catchy, and I. Wanted to hate it, but I couldn't. Yeah, and maybe because I, I'm more into British than maybe or British humor than a lot of you other guys. I guess yeah, it it it, uh, it gets a, uh, a lovable pass for me. Yeah, this one is tough. I mean, I love it. I, I don't want to get rid of it. I understand why anybody would. Um, honestly, even though it is sort of half a song and half a. Uh, kind of spoken word thing I, like i said i like the spoken word thing it just it kind of works for me but yeah so we do got to get rid of something so i'm going to go ahead and flush this one sorry police and now, Mark. strangely enough i'm almost heading in chris's direction i just don't know if it's strong enough to just Pull it out of the bowl. It might be. I wish I would hear is, what Kevin is doing. Is Mark gonna um, fire up the air compressor for the blow up doll? I don't have to see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I might, like it, it, it's more that middle section that just doesn't. Bl- yeah, you know I, what? I, I I'll give it. it. I'll give it a, a light squeeze. I suppose. Okay. You know what? I'll I'll do it. I'll. Okay. I'll. Uh, yeah. All just. Right, it, 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 I, I can appreciate the goofiness of it. I said I maybe. It was kind of a waste of time, but you know, I don't know why you're doing this, Mark. You're on the fence. You know what the rule is. Light squeeze. Light squeeze. Yeah. No flush. Hey, he got rid of Roxanne. He's he's being controversial tonight. I like it. Okay. Kev. It's it's just like I feel like the album needs a little goof. I don't know. Yeah. Peanuts. Yeah, I I gave a strong love to Peanuts. Well, I I don't know who in the police spent. Okay, you know what? Flush it, flush it. I gave it peanuts is on the they don't need two of these things. Oh, that was great. Too much on the bowl. Sorry, Chris. You might be a little upset. I never heard something so on the edge of the bowl and then suddenly get the tumble in. Just like gravity took it 10 minutes after you left the washer. Kevin, you cut out a little bit. What are you giving this one? 
Oh, this one. Oh, I was just saying I never heard something so on the bowl for Mark's. Uh, no, I was I was just going to say I don't I'm I'm sorry to whoever in the police spent their money on this blow up doll, but they uh, better drive away quick because the nuke is getting dropped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, you got your wish. You're alone with Sally. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I, I, I like it. That's part of the game. So, all right. Yeah. Last song on the record. Masoko Tanga, Chris. All right. Uh, there, there's my launch key right there. Let's, we we uh, know what this is. Oh, yes. Yeah, good, goodbye. Chris yeah, and his low effort closers on the debut record. Not a fan of those. Yeah. yeah. Sting better, Sting better be running away from this one, too, because Chris is turning the key. Yeah, I, I try. I mean, this is, I think, because I listen to this album probably three or four times and I only listened to this song once so that kind of tells you yeah I yeah. agreed it was not gonna waste yeah, yeah my this time is one of those too. ones where I've listened to this album a bunch like I, it's, I'm biased because I already went into this episode loving this album but it's one of those things where you're laying on the couch get the headphones on you're listening to it and I find stuff that I love in every song except once you get here it's like you know this this yeah, is yeah. that like, song that and plays. it's logical it's like the one yeah. song that I feel doesn't necessarily need to be there. Like I, I respect it for the the, I guess them trying to uh, kind of experiment with the style of music and show off what they like and what they can do. But it's the one that I would get rid of. So this sorry. Is, yeah. Is this a T? Yeah, this is a T. Yeah, this is the T. Okay. The T. I was going to say, this is the song that plays because you put on the vinyl and you're too lazy to push the stop button on your vinyl. <laughs> yeah. So it or ends up getting high. played. This, is, yeah, yeah. Th- this, this song is why uh, automatic return turntables were created. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Okay. All well, right, Mark. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm buying time, I guess. Because, <laughs> I mean, I do have a weakness for you know, goofy, artsy stuff, um, which this song, I feel like it could be a little bit more experimental. Um, it, it just, uh, five minutes and 42 seconds yeah. is just insufferable. Failed like, experiment, is, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's brutal. It, it, Fail. I, I don't feel like... <laughs> Fail. Like, but if I flush this one, I have too many flushes on the rack. I shouldn't have, flush, I shouldn't have flushed Roxanne. I really shouldn't have. I may need to, to plead there's, for a rubber glove on that yeah, one. There, I think there's um, too much stuff on top of Roxanne right now. You'd really have to go dig in. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I'm almost I, feeling that as flush well. It. Just, uh, it's, flush it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> But I will be honest, now that in reviewing the last three songs, I kind of want to pull Roxanne back out because I almost want to bump my rating to a 7.5. But how can Same I do here. that when I've get, gotten rid of four I songs? I want to go to eight, honestly. I was almost Maybe thinking about eight. Yeah, Mark, I think I'm going to join you. I'm going to boost it. The other is a lot. Yeah, yeah you know, like, kinda... give me an eight. I, 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 if, I'll plead for a rubber glove, but it is what it is. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. I got four songs. Getting rid of four songs is still an eight. You know what I'm thinking? Yeah. How this album would have been incredible, and and if maybe this is like a cool Spotify thing that I can make. But what would make this record better is get rid of Masoko, shift everything down one, 
and open the album with Fallout. So you're going Fallout track one and then the rest of the album minus Masoko Tanga. Yeah, I mean, closing the album with Be My Girl and Sally might be kind of goofy, but I think that would be... You know, Fallout's such a great song, and I feel like it should have been on here because I feel like most people probably don't know it unless they have like the box set or the greatest right. hits. It's I think like C. Emily Play or whatever. From it's Pink like a, it's like a yeah. C. Emily Play, yeah. And it's like, if anything, it's even faster than Next to You, from what I remember. It's been a while since I listened to it, but I think that would have been, the, you know, that should have been there instead of Masoko. Yeah. yeah. So are you staying oh, at a well. nine? I'm staying at a nine. Yeah, I love this record. All right. Okay. Well, nice. I mean, a strong debut for sure. Really, probably the, on average, the strongest debut since uh, Van Halen won, which mm-hmm. is saying something because that's well known as being one of the greatest debut record, records of all time. Uh, and we've had some strong follow ups from our band so far Queen 2. Uh, everyone liked that one. Yep. Uh, maybe not so much with Pink Floyd and uh, Saucerful. Um, was that Saucerful? Or, yeah, I think so. Uh, and Van Halen 2, obviously, being another strong record. And even Metallica and Ride the Lightning. Are you excited for Regetta de Blanc? Is that something that you're looking forward to based on what you've heard uh, from the first 10 priest song or priest, the police songs? I think uh, I would be. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've Absolutely. actually I've actually listened to the record, so I'll uh, but I'll keep my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. Okay. that yeah. is that is one record. I don't know if I've heard all the way through, but it does have yeah. um, some of my favorites on it and yeah. love the album cover. That's another yeah. kind of inspirational. Right, Kevin, I think when we were doing our exhibit, uh Eight project. I think I may have sent you Regatta de Blanc as uh, inspiration did, for our actually. album cover. So yeah, I think <laughs> love you did, that album so. cover. There are some solid, right. there are some solid album covers that they have. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll share my thoughts just being a bit apprehensive about this because I'm just not sure what direction they're going. I mean, I know where they're going yeah. eventually, but uh, what, you know, at least what the deep cuts are going to bring off this record. Right. Um, are they going to build out more of the stuff that I liked off of the good direction that they were going, the sophisticated reggae slash with a little bit of grime uh, to it just to, to really show their roots and kind of their place in time? Uh, or are they just going to get goofy? Uh, I don't know because there's too, a little bit too much goof on the uh, the opening record uh, that I hope they don't continue down that road. But we'll find out next week when we will follow up. We will see you again. Uh, we will try to get these al- albums to you uh once a week. Uh, I know it's been a busy summer for all of us, but uh, we'll try to keep it up. We only got five to get through. We're already down one, so uh, we'll see you next week with Regatta de Blanc.